Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. What could be more exciting for episode 67 than four men talking about technology? It's the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. I've got, uh, oh, so you're not acting editor, you're deputy editor, David Price of Macworld. You just demoted me. Sorry. <laughs> Hello. Now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's better. Deputy. Permanent. Um, Scott <laughs> Carey, online editor of Tech World. Hi. Or is it Computer World? Both. We're all just, we're all just, everyone is. Uh, uh. <laughs> this proves why I should write my intros. And consumer tech editor of uh, Tech Advisor Chris Martin. Hello. I'm Henry Burrell. We're here. Vintage pod, uh, because we're going to talk about three things this week. The topics are back. We're in a new room. There's aircon. We're not going to get sweaty. Let's first of all talk about Netflix. Scott Carey, Netflix has 100 million subscribers. That sounds like a lot. Is it a lot? It is a lot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> That's yeah, it for this week. The, our new free-flowing podding technique is... Um, it's like the scats of pod, podcasts. It's going out the window. Sorry. Um, so 100 million um, is a obviously a huge milestone for Netflix. Um, they got there a lot quicker than analysts expected them to get there. Um, they've had a really good quarter for subscriber growth. Um, and this is, tends to be um, historically their slowest period of the year. Right. Um, so everyone's a little bit um, shocked at um, how well they're doing. Uh, why they are having such a good time isn't particularly clear um, as Netflix aren't particularly clear about many things going on in their operation. Um, they famously don't tell anyone what their popular, most popular content is, including people that make the content. So the makers of Stranger Things don't actually know how many people watched Stranger Things. Because um, <laughs> they won't tell anyone. No. It's so weird, isn't it? Because like the BBC always puts out stats on how many... Uh, you know, requests iPlayer gets yeah. every month and makes a big deal about how it's more popular than ever. But they do have to be transparent because they're publicly funded. Yeah, but you, I mean, you just think Netflix would want to advertise how popular it is. Well, their data is their <laughs> most valuable resource. Isn't it? Yeah, and also because Stranger Things is massively popular, they're probably going to be TV shows that aren't that popular. But Netflix can maintain the illusion that they are. Yeah, yeah, they can. Um, the, the the funny thing with Netflix is they've actually started cancelling shows for the first time in their history. Like Sense8. Yeah, Sense8. Um, but that was popular and everyone went mad about it. Well, you don't know. That's that, what we you. think. Yeah, see, that's it. You in our little bubble. Okay. <laughs> I know people that like it. I know yeah, lots exactly. of people that like it. I know lots and lots of people that like it um, and that were very upset that it got cancelled. Um, but it, it shows that they're operating a little bit more like a traditional TV network now that they are um, cancelling shows. They are also. Um, 
producing their own content instead of just buying stuff. I mean, they always did TV, but now they're doing films as well from the ground up. So Okja, which caused all the um, drama at Cannes because it got booed. Uh, can they actually funded that that whole movie um, yeah. from start to finish um, rather than what Amazon do which is maybe just sort of part fund or what they used to do which is just buy um, the rights in sort of traditional distribution right. model why so did it get booed by the way uh, sorry, to, sorry. sorry it got booed <laughs> because it got put up in the wrong aspect ratio at the press screening um, so the, dorks, aren't they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> wrong aspect dorks. ratio. Boom. And they're like, oh, Netflix know nothing about film. So this proves it. But isn't Okio like really good? Yes. <laughs> um, there you go. So they, by the end of the screening, they're all actually wiping away tears yeah. and going, yeah. I preferred it in 4 3 anyway. <laughs> Um, so going back to my point, <laughs> Sorry. Um, Netflix obviously say that the reason they are doing so well in terms of cyber growth is because of all the investments that they've made in content finally paying off. Right. I, on the other hand, am not sure that Okja, a very niche art housey movie, um, is sort of responsible for them um, growing their subscriber numbers at a rate uh, like this. They actually haven't had a big sort of viral success since Stranger Things. Um, They've added, you know, a fair amount of TV and a fair amount of movies and some, like, comedy specials. Uh, But I think, really, the growth is coming from overseas markets. So um, they have seen um, most of their growth come uh, outside of the US. So their US subscriber numbers are actually flat, um, sort of quarter on quarter. But the international numbers are are absolutely massive, and they now have more international subscribers than they do US. Okay. Um, they're fifty two million um, international, forty eight million US, um, and they're in most countries now. They're in most countries that aren't China or North Korea. Um, so I, th- I think their international expansion is, is finally starting to pay off, and that's why you're seeing uh, these subscriber numbers go through the roof. Without putting you on the spot, do you have? how much they're estimated to be worth. Yeah, they're worth um, 60 billion. Um, which so I read is, that's more than like Warner. It's, it's, I think it's double all of Murdoch's media empire in worth. And it's also something like 10 times the value of ITV. Um, <laughs> which is, which is, which is mental because ITV has, has Love Island. So it must be worth loads. And <laughs> when they bought Friends Reunited. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. Surely um, download, having, being able to download programs has helped. Add new subscribers, right? Well, it adds value to the price subscribers pay by yeah. being able to watch offline, yeah. Because, I mean, normally there's a dip, like, in summer for, like, general tech stuff because mm-hmm. people are on holiday or whatever, but people being able to take their shows on holiday is a good reason to sign up. Yeah. Like, I maybe realised, oh, actually, oh, I can take Netflix with me now without needing some kind of decent internet connection. So... Uh, yeah, it just makes it more, a more integral part of your life, doesn't it? Yeah. I think, um, and I think that's what they're seeing. I think they're seeing a lot more sort of regular users. Um, so all of this means um, that the uh, share price at Netflix is the highest it's ever been. It's um, it's up ten percent off the back of this announcement. If there's one thing that um, Wall Street loves, it is subscriber numbers. So um, Twitter, for example, isn't doing very well at the moment because it can't seem to get its subscriber numbers to stop flatlining. Yeah. Whereas someone like Instagram uh, or Snapchat having huge subscriber numbers means lots of value. Uh, the problem with that is that it actually doesn't mean value. Um, so Netflix is spending more money on content than it's ever spent. Um, it's spending more money on content than anyone else 
by quite a comfortable margin. Uh, they spent six billion this year on acquiring and producing content. Um, HBO spent about two billion, and they make Game of Thrones, <laughs> which costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so the in terms of profit margins, uh, those subscribers aren't quite converting um, at this point. That hasn't put off investors. That hasn't put off Wall Street. Um, their stock is up sixty four percent for the year, and it is um, now sort of in that hallowed Facebook. Netflix, Amazon, Google, well, Alphabet. It's joining bracket. those three guys, yeah. yeah. Um, That's pretty nuts. How, how far does the tech industry think that it's gone towards um, combating piracy in the film industry? Because that was a big problem before Yeah, it's Netflix. definitely not talked about as much as it used to be talked about. And, and I feel the same about music, the way that Spotify's kind of cornered that market in mm. the fact that it's so reasonable and so... Um, for the consumer, not for the artist necessarily. Yeah, no, yeah, and I, and that's the same with Netflix. Like, I don't think um, the guys that put stuff on streaming services make as much money as they would have if they did a theatrical release. The thing is, they um, they famously don't seem to mind too much because Netflix give them um, money and then a huge amount of creative control, um, yeah. which which they love. Um, so the guys that made Stranger Things um, probably wouldn't have been able to make that anywhere else in the way that they did. Um, which is quite nice. But yeah, it, in terms of sort of hard cash, both have sort of taken the bottom out. But you could also argue the, the flip side is that it's better than um, than piracy and the market's going to go that way anyway. So, you know, you've just got to kind of deal with it. Yeah. I remember going through the rigmarole of legally downloading films. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it yeah, is horrible. Torrents are horrible. Are you admitting yeah. committing a crime? Henry? No. No one listens to this podcast, it's fine. Um, do you uh, sign up to Netflix, all of you? Yes. I'm on Netflix, yeah. yeah. I, I really like that Netflix, but I find it very annoying the way the interface changes seemingly on a daily basis. Mm, yeah, it's The position of the times. continue watching and the your list Does it? mixed is in it, amongst. It's, uh, all sometimes you have to scroll down sometimes really far do. to get to, to the, up, okay, the ones so. that you're watching yeah, yeah like, i tend to just search for stuff now because yeah. like it just disappears i think that it might be like the same policy is in a supermarket that they want you to browse around before exactly you find i was going to say are they mm. aggressively just putting for at the forefront of your experience yeah there's always a massive full screen advert for some new program that i don't yeah. want it's kind of annoying how quickly stuff auto plays as well oh god i hate autoplay but that is on everything isn't it yeah like iplayer as well my son watches is um hey dougie and then it immediately starts playing another episode, and it goes, "Daddy, it just started playing by itself." And then, and then, you, and then you're <laughs> in. not even like love you, on Netflix. I love your son's voice. You just have to be browsing around, and if you leave it on one it's thing, like, too oh, long, yeah, it just yeah, starts no, yeah. playing. In the, yeah, it's just like no, I'm still reading the blurb. Like, yeah. <laughs> on a side note, Facebook's starting to autoplay sound now, unless you turn yeah, it off. You can switch it off, but yeah. yeah. On, um, on video, it's annoying. On the Netflix thing, I just think it's. Um, it's just a really interesting time for them. They seem to be um, just absolutely nailing it, really. Um, they will at some point have to uh, try and balance the books a little bit in terms of how much they're spending on content and how much they're making from subs. Um, I'm not sure that means that subscription prices are going to shoot through the roof. They might have to cut back on the amount of concurrent devices that people can have yeah. accounts on because um, I, for one, do not pay for Netflix. I use my brother's account, so... Yeah. And I think a lot of people... But as long as you're not doing it at the same time, yeah. is that what you mean? Well, I you think like, pay for Netflix might use... have to limit the amount of devices yeah. that you can register Netflix on. But wasn't it fairly recently that they sort of informed all the subscribers that we're going to be putting the prices up by £1 a month? Mm-hmm. And if they already love that, then they make a load of money. And mm. the individual doesn't mind paying a pound more. Yeah. Are they going to do that again? 
don't, don't think so. No? No. You reckon it's going to stay at whatever it is at the moment? Yeah. See, I don't even know how much it, it is, and I gladly pay it. Six pounds a month, I think. Isn't I think the, the cheapest one, yeah, maybe five ninety nine. Yeah, that's um, for one device. Yeah. I think yeah. I pay the second tier. I don't know why I don't pay one pound more and get the premium one. But. <laughs> um, so I, and the other thing about Netflix um, that I enjoyed this month is um, Dan Jackson, who um, writes for um, a website called Thrillist, he wrote a really great piece this week about sort of the birth of modern Netflix. Because um, I didn't realise that Netflix went um, public in 2002, <laughs> which was five years after that it was founded. And that DVDs. was when they were still flinging yeah. DVDs around on the postal service. And what <laughs> happened is that they famously, um, as Dan wrote in his piece, they um, did this thing called the Netflix Prize, which was a million dollar prize for um, any uh, group of data scientists that could basically improve their algorithm, matching algorithm by 10%. Right. And it was such a tricky knotty problem that it didn't get solved for i think six years um and that it became this sort of running battle between two groups of data scientists and it's yeah. this great sort of battle of the nerds sort of situation where they were on like forums like exchanging algorithms and stuff so when um, does the film come out for, for i'm up for it story of themselves but obviously they're you know moving from the um having all of the data on what people like and getting that algorithm right created what is the Netflix that we, we know today. And, and it was such a huge turning point in the way that business sort of developed into what is now, yeah, to be considered one of the top five, top six tech companies on the planet. It's an interesting dichotomy, if you like, that, they, that they're simultaneously so data-driven and still allowing people creative control. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising that they do both those things. And it I is. wonder how much longer they will carry on giving people creative control. Well, I think they tried to do sort of um, content creation by the numbers, and it just didn't work. Well, how's the cards work? Well, some people might disagree with me, but... Well, I'm not sure that was by the numbers. It was giving... I mean, that was classic. People who like Kevin Spacey, like the British version of House of Cards, like this, like, like David Fincher as the director, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, it was also just giving someone like David Fincher money to go off and do something um, with it, and they kind of gave him creative control. I guess the idea of the show was maybe a little bit data-driven, and they probably still do that, but they still gave someone with a lot of creativity just sort of free reign to go and make something. So the next time they do that, maybe you can imagine them saying to the director, right, this is specifically what people want. You get really deep down into the data and say they want a car chase in the seventh episode. Yeah, they yeah. Want, you know, whatever. <laughs> They're like a happy ending. I mean, God, how awful would that be if they had to deliver a specific kind of ending? Yeah, well, I think they probably realise that that just wouldn't work. Like audiences wouldn't like it and they need their their key metric is just keeping audiences engaged. <laughs> So, I love that you were talking about creative control and you made it sound so utterly corporate. I love I love that. Yeah, that's what I'm all about. The key metric in making great films is engageability. <laughs> Movies are Boo. dead. Yeah. <laughs> what was the yeah. last great thing you watched on Netflix before we move on to the next topic? I like Dave Chappelle's comedy special. Oh, that was really funny. That. But that was classic Netflix, really wasn't it? It's like <laughs> taking something that's like old and then bringing it back. When yeah. not, maybe not quite as good, but... Um, that's that's so cheap. It was better still than I thought it would though. be, though, yeah. It's so cheap for them to make that, they might as well. Yeah. yeah. What Absolutely. about you, Chris? What are you on at the moment? Uh, I'm watching Bloodline, actually. Not watching Nearly that. at the end of the first season. Is it good? Pretty good, yeah. Scott? Uh, better Call Saul. Just oh, finished it. so good. Yeah, I just finished it. Nice. Um, it's very good. Thanks. Right, Scott, stream or scream? Oh, stream. Which one? Stream. 
You chose quite similar words. I know, I realise that now. You look good stream written down. They're supposed to be similar, but these are very similar. You look good written down. Chris? Stream. And David? Stream. We're streaming all up in here. Uh, we'll be right back to talk about phones. So after that, Netflix and chill. <laughs> <laughs> It's now time to talk about phones. We love talking about phones on the pod. Uh, we haven't for some time, actually, so we're bringing it back with uh, the consumer tech editor of Tech Advisor, Mr. Chris Martin. Hello. How are you doing? Yep, good. Good. What phone do you use? Uh, two OnePluses at the moment. Wow, OnePlus One equals Dual wield. <laughs> yeah, I always have two phones. Represent. Yeah, I can't do that. I don't know why. Doesn't why really do you work, doesn't work with my brain. Apparently it's a thing that loads of tech journalists do that I just didn't really realise. I can imagine if Dual one of them was wielding. Android and one of them was iOS, but... Two hundred no. phones from the same manufacturer at the moment. Yeah, interesting. Um, there's anyway. lots of there's lots of things going on about phones. We'll, we'll come we'll come back yeah. to, to David and his and his iPhone eight rumors in a minute. But um, a few things have kind of flown by a little bit. Um, Windows Phone is well, it is it's been dead for a while. Yeah, but it's kind of officially nearly dead. Kind of officially nearly dead. Yeah. Um, so Windows ten is still around on phones. Um, but or Microsoft... 0.1% of phones. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft has um, stopped supporting Windows Phone 8.1, so nobody on that version of the OS is going to get any more updates or any more uh, support, so... Not guess... getting updates on Windows is always a good thing, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, usually uh, renders your device unusable it for hours. normally ends in a new piece of ransomware. Yeah, so obviously lots of headlines have been flying around saying Windows Phone is dead, but obviously those phones aren't just going to stop working. They're just not supported anymore. Yeah. Um, kind of makes them more vulnerable, um, but there's such a small user base that I don't think anybody uh, is <laughs> going to be target targeting you. those anyway. So, yeah. It's just a massive shame. I think the Windows Phone OS was really well designed. And had some, it had the app support, yeah. if Microsoft had gone about it in the right way, it could have been a third pillar. Yeah. There was there were some it's really Microsoft. good things about there were some really good things about it, um, yeah, including the interface. It was different and it worked. Uh, the tiles, um, it's quite minimalist and attractive. Even the multitasking was pretty good before it was even good on other platforms. Yeah, um, but yeah, this just proves that it just kind of proves that it didn't didn't work out. Yeah, it's just years too late, and I, I really like the fact that um, Windows Ten works on mobile and it's technically the same sort of coding that yeah. you will find on a computer. And yeah. that idea, that ex- expansive idea, what do they call it, um, universal apps, if they had made that the norm for the industry early yeah. on, it could have been a thing, but it's not a thing. Yeah, I think it's just another example of Microsoft not particularly thinking things through before launching <laughs> something. Yeah. Like with Windows RT, it was like that... Made on the original that, Surface. Yeah, so there was a... a, a a version of the Surface that had RT, but it like didn't do half the things you expect Windows to do. Mm. So it's just like you're just confusing consumers by this other version of Windows, and it just it never worked out. Yeah, they're getting a bit better now. What with um, the Surface laptop being pretty a bit decent. better, but the, again, that's got Windows 10s, so which is still again you... another cut down version of Windows 10, which doesn't do what you'd expect. Yeah. So I know we're talking about phones, but that's limited to you can only install apps from the store. Yeah. So you can't just download Chrome and install it or Audacity or whatever programs you normally use on Windows, can't install them unless Brilliant. they're on the store, in which or case pay... they're the Windows 10 app version anyway. Yep. So and you've got to anyway. pay 50 quid to upgrade on a computer you've just spent 900 it's quid. It's free on. upgrade until the end of the year. Okay. So 
it's not too bad. So anyway. Windows Phone is sort of dead, but British phone maker Virtu is actually dead. Virtu is definitely dead. Um, uh, David and Scott aware of Virtu. Do you remember those guys? Yeah. So I saw a great tweet the other day that was um, the only person uh, I've ever seen with a Virtu is Milo Yiannopoulos. And that tells you everything <laughs> you need to know about the Virtu. He's yeah. the worst. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> This is the thing, I never really got it. I mean, we never had any of the info review or went to any We're of the, cool the events or anything. Um, well, we just knew we would never recommend these phones that were costing thousands of pounds Jewel for a handset. And, and there was, they were trying yeah. to sell them on... Yeah, they were very blingy and stuff, but they were also selling them on kind of concierge kind of style services where you could... You could ring them any time. You needed something, and it was all a bit <laughs> like bizarre. A Were they trying to? Did they ever try and claim that it was like extremely secure for like CEOs that were paranoid or something? There is a company that does that. I yeah, Black I Phone maybe something, or something like that. Yeah, I went to one that was like um, uh, Leo DiCaprio had invested in it. Yeah, I think that's the one you're thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Black Phone is the one that's like super secure. Okay, I don't know if Vertu are making any claims like that. Probably not anymore. Um, but yeah, like it just didn't make any sense. I mean, like Wimbledon's just finished, and if you watched any of the coverage, if you, you know, every time they go and look and see who's in the the. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh, a box. They're all just using iPhones. Like yeah. <laughs> celebrities and people that all these, uh, you know, the, the Verti phones were aimed at just have an iPhone. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it would necessarily always be that way. I mean, there was a time when everybody had Blackberries and people were going, who's going to use an iPhone? It's just yeah. an aesthetic I'm just trying to thing. Myself it's just an aesthetic yeah, yeah. thing, isn't it? Virtu was so blingy and hideous that it was like targeted. Well, it wasn't, I don't even know if it was targeted, but it only really appealed to people with that sort of, um, that sort of like look. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's quite a small demographic apparently. Whereas the iPhone is like elegant and simple. Yeah. That's just the thing about selling phones as well. I mean, the fact that everyone used to pack Blackberries and mm-hmm. have BBM and now... Sort of, as you're sort of saying, generalising, but a lot of 
rich people basically with disposable income will pick iPhone yeah. because everyone's on it. Like phones, it doesn't work if you're the only one with that phone. You like to yeah. be part of a crowd. With to be honest, if you can't point. if you can't get the Kardashians to use Vertu, then you can't do it. Then <laughs> well, Kim you're, was still you're pack- done, aren't you? Kim was still using a BlackBerry until last year. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I sort of respect her for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She kept, yeah I've, I've read about it. I don't know why I find it so Obama <laughs> was a big BlackBerry guy, wasn't he? Yeah, but the uh, Secret Service took it off him. Mm. But Trump, apparently, we talked about this before, until recently, he was tweeting from an unsecure Galaxy S3. Brilliant. Yeah, top lad. Um, speaking it's of... Good, I- good support of uh, American business as well. <laughs> yeah. From, from the protectionist president. It was uh, founded by Samuel Sung, right? So, um, David, iPhone 8, what's up with that? Uh, well, it's the 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Well, it was last month, I suppose. Can um, I get so- your juicy, juicy rumours? Because I'm due an upgrade and I, I want in. Yeah, I want to see live. We're going to live uh, record Scott's reaction to these tweets. To these, yeah. uh, what have they got rid of? Power button, home button, home button. Cool. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't know this for sure, but they're probably going to get rid of the home button and then either have Touch ID built into the screen. Mm-hmm. So they have they got pay, uh, patent. Is it patents or patents? I don't know. I'd call they it got patent, some. Yeah. They got some patents on um, Touch ID that can work through glass. Uh, I've seen a phone with one of those. Chris saw this uh, earlier this year. A company that makes that kind of technology showed me a working prototype of one doing it through the screen. Nice. There you go. Either that or on the back. But I don't like I don't like rear facing. Because there's, lo- there's lots of um, leaks of casing of the phone with the the touch ID, the, the fingerprint sensor just below the Apple logo on the back. Yeah. But a lot of these things often turn out just to be like with the OnePlus phone that came out recently. There are many prototypes these things go through, so they could be genuine leaks in the fact that it is an old mm. prototype mm. Um, that might not happen. Because yeah. um, that also it's pretty much nailed on that Samsung tried to do this for the S8. And that's why the fingerprint sensor is right next to the camera lens because they freaked out and couldn't do it and had to move it last minute. So well, they wanted to have it in the middle of the back. No, they wanted to have it have under it, the screen. Yeah. So the screen has a pressure sensitive home button, but not a fingerprint scanner on the oh, front. I see, I see what you're so that's why that's how they got the huge screen, which yeah. supposedly am I right in thinking the iPhone? Yeah. So will that's have... well, that's what all this derives from is that they want to have a larger screen on the iPhone eight, edge to edge, less bezel, maybe the same size as the. So you've got the iPhone 7, which is 4.7-inch screen. They're going to fit something approaching a 5.5-inch screen into the same body. Oh. And then have a, <laughs> I don't know, like a 6.3-inch screen into these. Into yeah, the, 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 S, the S8 Plus, the Samsung, be, is yeah. 6.2. Yeah, it would be similar. But they changed the aspect ratio on that and made it yeah. longer. Do we know if the iPhone's going to do that as well, or is it going to stay? We, just... we don't know for sure. But yeah. I can't I see be... Apple going with like a really long screen like They'll that. They'll have to change iOS. I can't see them doing yeah. it. Well, they'd make. I think it's. I don't think it's that difficult to make it reactive. Okay. Yeah. Um, but do, do, we, get, do we think they're going to do? Sorry, go on. Well, no, and um, we also think there's going to be wireless charging because that's the yeah. sweet. That's probably the single biggest. It's hard to do through metal yeah, though. So, so is that an all glass well, iPhone? Yes, yeah, so they have all glass, to have a glass back or um, or ceramic. Okay, because okay, yeah. that's what they do with the Apple Watch. Yeah, um, true. Oh, ceramic would be sweet. But, <laughs> but it could it could also be over a thousand pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's, there's two rumors with the, with the wireless charging. One is that it's just going to be really expensive, thousand pounds. The other one is that they will build wireless charging into all of the models that they release, but only the most expensive will come with the charger. So for the other rest of them, you're just there going, "Well, what am I supposed to charge it with?" Oh man. Um, but you can still, you know, use lightning. Okay. Okay. Third party ones out there. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. So, are you suggesting uh, rumors suggesting that there will be this sort of special holy grail iPhone, but then also yeah, for the punches, the seven S? 
do you say shit munchers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, the munchers who or still have Or people who earn a normal, normal wage. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Are, are they going to position it like they did, if you might remember the Apple Watch edition it was called, which was a bit like Ver 2. You could actually get a concierge, like a service in shop. You had a shopping experience when you went in to buy, but it cost yeah. eight grand. Yeah. So is it going to be, is it going to be, is it going to, no, no one has one of those. Is it going to be like that? Um, or is it going to be no, more just it a... Because you saw that with the Apple Watch edition for the Apple Watch Series 1, no, not Series 1, first gen, Yeah. Um, is that that one didn't sell well. And <laughs> there <why>. is... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, but for the Series 2, there is an edition equivalent, which is the one which is made out of ceramic. But it's... it's 600 quid? Substantial... No, it's, I think it's... Or is it 1,000? Yeah. yeah I think it's still lot. over 1,000, but it's it's a lot cheaper. Like the, the gold ones and stuff, they were like £13,000. They were like genuinely jewellery. They were, um, you know, crazy. So weird. So I, I think it's got its fingers burned when it tried to go into the absolute boutique top end stuff. Mm. But I think, yes, it's, I think it's still plausible that there will be like three versions of the iPhone that comes out. Um, and some people think they're going to call one of them 7S and one of them 8, but I, I think that's just such yeah, a huge... Yeah, surely not. I don't think they would do that. It, it would be... Very confusing. Because no one's going to want to buy the 7S if there's an 8. If if there's like two that are more affordable, yeah. I could see those being the 7 yeah, and the, the 7S. The 7S and the 7S Plus. So, yeah, that. And an 8 then as like well. Then like an anniversary edition. But it won't be yeah, called the 8. X. Surely it'll iPhone be like... X is something people said. Surely it'll be like the even. iPhone edition. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. there's, there's no way they're going to put out a new 7 and then expect people to want that above an 8. Yeah. Even if the price... Because people are still going to want this... So are the, are the 7S not going to have this nice screen tech? We don't know. We don't know, do we? So Zach, what, are you, what do you reckon, Scott? Oh, I feel sad now. <laughs> About all these things we it's don't gonna know. It's going to be expensive and rubbish. <laughs> it's going to be expensive and amazing. Mm. And it's going to be, it's it's gonna be it's special, not necessarily going to be expensive. expensive and too big for my small hands. <laughs> it won't be any bigger than the current one. That's what I was okay. saying. The screen will be bigger, but the actual Because of all device, that immersive Netflix content, you can... Uh, and you'll be able to slot it into a hand, into a headset because oh. it'll have the AR built into it. Oh. Yeah, VR, AR. Well, AR, but usable mm-hmm. as a VR. So you'll I use see. it to look at the world around you. You won't actually be viewing. Oh, so you could get people walking around composed. with headsets on, but they can see where they're going. Yeah, maybe uh. this this might lead on to the next topic. This, this well could we can let it segue. Um, is there anything else phone wise? I mean, Nokia are bringing it back under a guise. Yeah, We've I got think, some high-end Android phones coming yeah, out. Yeah, you know more about this than me, but there's lots of Nokia's coming back, although it's not the same Nokia that we all uh, used to know and love. Certain um, Microsoft ruined that for everyone, didn't they? <laughs> um, but yeah, they. I mean, I've seen a couple of them, uh, and they look pretty good. They're Android phones. Um, nothing too special, but they look yeah. pretty good. Because the Nokia 9 was supposedly... Oh, see, I'm, I'm confused now. Yeah. So, so they've got 3, 5, 6, 8, and 9. And a 7? I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. All the, the numbers. No- <laughs> well, it's yet to be confirmed, but the Nokia 8 and 9, the 8 will probably be out shortly, and one of them is going to be a high-end Android phone, specs to compete with like everything with a Snapdragon 835 in it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know who's going to buy these phones. I'm not really sure. It's not really a trusted brand anymore. I would I think it still is. You reckon? Well, because but- of the whole 3310 hype, I think they've... How well did they- the 3310 actually do? Other than, I've other never than seen a single In terms of what? It's rubbish. Like, no so one's like, going to use it. bought it, but it was <laughs> In really terms weird. of what, sales? Yeah. yeah. Was it a success? I'm not even sure that they're bothered about the sales, to be honest. I think PR. they used it as a ploy to get the Nokia brand back out there. Mm. They used it to cause loads of hype. It worked. So now people are more interested in these phones that are coming. 
because they're ones that people will actually use every day. I still think it's a tough sell though. With these high, yeah. these high end ones are going to be the same price as a Samsung Galaxy S8. I thought they were going to be a bit pick cheaper. One, but do you think? Oh, okay. I think they missed the trick if they don't just make them a bit cheaper mm. and use we- that as a selling point. Like same specs, cheaper, trusted Nokia. Yeah. You know. Although HMD, which is the company that licenses the Nokia name, uh, they just fired their CEO. Really? So it might not be good. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah, they that's, what, the name. that's what BlackBerry are doing with a company uh, called TCL. So the new BlackBerry phone is not actually BlackBerry. No. They just pay to use the name. So does Nokia just sit in some dark corner of Microsoft now? Yeah, it doesn't have a handset division anymore. This is even more... Because with BlackBerry, BlackBerry still... The actual BlackBerry Canadian company still provides the Android software. Mm. and the security but in this instance as far as I'm aware there's the actual Nokia company has nothing to do with these Nokia phones brilliant <laughs> so it's just a logo goodbye from Microsoft that yeah that was pretty bad mm. um, thanks Chris smartphone or fart phone well smartphone yes yeah, kind of a dumb question isn't it we, we, like, <laughs> we like phones it's just this question thing that we can't get rid of on the pod <laughs> Don't think, we don't even tie to this format. Yeah, no, we are. We are tied to Smartphone. I can't believe you. What, what, would you, what would you have gone with? It's probably smart fun. Smart, but they're both good. Smartphone or smart fun? That's good or better. Please stop. Okay. Um, as we alluded to, back in a minute to <laughs> try and talk about Google Glass. David, Google Glass, the invention nobody asked for, is back. How do you Why? know that nobody asked for it? Well, Google employees might have asked for it. But when it was a consumer product, am I right, it crossed £1,000 and yes. looked a bit stupid. Yeah. Um, why is it back and what is it for? Well, it's reinvented itself as a business product. It has uh, reinvented now, it. It's not that sentient, is it? Uh, well, no, no. It's Google Glass Enterprise Edition. Okay. So you, uh, so, so you can't... Sorry, so I'll, you, I'll, I'll try and mask my cynicism. So you can't, you can't <laughs> buy... Don't. It's now into your hitting zone, of course, being enterprise. Yes. Uh, so you can't buy it anymore. You have to buy it. Well, a, you have to be a business, and B, you have to be buying it through one of their partners. So they don't really make it themselves. Um, they just sort of license out the concept and the like Nokia. And I think a little bit like that. I think they're a bit more hands-on. Um, so these various companies are making sort of bespoke um, versions of Google Glass for specific business uh, settings. So there's there are versions for like warehouse workers. So the sort of Amazon Depot type situation where you're rushing around. I think they probably already have wearables, don't they? Um, but it will be like that. And you are rushing around. Where's your next box in the floor? And there'll be a little map in the corner of you. <laughs> you know, and this is really depressing. I know what you thing, mean. No, but, no, um, in warehouse, sat nav. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but more glamorously, uh, doctors can have these, right. these medical ones. So that yeah. they won't have to spend all their time doing admin and stuff. They'll just be speaking to patients and... The camera will be recording this stuff and beaming it back to some uh, low-paid peon who can do all the paperwork. Uh, and there are some for factory machine operators who are working on um, you know, building aeroplanes and stuff like that. So they won't have to keep checking these plans. Yeah, this makes more sense to me. And so they're packaging it up like by use case then? Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Because um, Epson do something similar. Well, no, they, I mean... They, they are they are going completely head to head with with Microsoft Hololens then because yeah, okay. this is exactly what Hololens does. It sells it as an enterprise package with a developer kit, so that it comes with some pre-programmed use cases. Like the uh, they do one around like medical training, so you can like look at a virtual cadaver and in a classroom environment you can do sort of training with it. Um, and then yeah, you get the developer kit so that your 
developers or any developer can like start coming up with their own use cases as well um, alongside the ones that are pre-programmed by Microsoft. Um, is, which that, is, is that working? Is that doing well? I don't know. I wrote a piece about my, um, HoloLens use cases ranked from the best to the most ridiculous and they kind of vary wildly. But it is the best idea is to put it into the hands of users because in the enterprise, the things that are most useful are things that are uh, customized and specific to your business. So you have to in the way that like software and, and business apps now have to be customized. Um, it's, if you're going to do anything like this for the enterprise, it has to be customizable. Um, so I think that those like early use cases are just them trying to sort of get it out there and tr- prove the value of it. But the real value will be in people doing what they want with it or doing something interesting themselves. Yeah, it's, it's a step removed from what they were doing before because, I mean... Before it was the whole thing that I suppose phone manufacturers are starting to try and do now with stuff like the uh, Bixby Vision on the the S8, how you meant to point your phone at something if you don't know what it is, and it will tell you what it is, or you can search for it, or you can buy it from Amazon or something. And can it, you do that it, with it, dogs? It doesn't work. <laughs> with point, point a dog at something. No, but can you like? Because I'm always like, what breed of dog what breed is of that? Dog? I don't know. So this is the thing. So I, think that be, I want that at spiders. <laughs> Identify spider. That's what I need. <laughs> There's a big thing a lot on Twitter. You search for spider identification. Everybody's searching for it. And nobody's providing that surface. <laughs> David uh, killed a spider recently. Um, it was poisonous. Necessarily. Old, yeah, so. yeah. Necessarily. But yeah, no, for these things, so this, this are, is the thing, they don't work. You are a superhero. <laughs> because when a consumer, like Google Glass tried to do it before, and obviously, apart from the fact that it looks faintly ridiculous, the, the data wasn't good enough. And when you tried to please an entire population of people who are buying a phone and want to point it at, the thing that Samsung did it with was a bottle of wine because obviously that's what they tried really hard to do right. So if you pointed at a label, you can buy it. It'll tell you where it's from and stuff. But I've pointed it at loads of things and it's rubbish. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's um, stupid, really. And and with the with the shopping thing, like the wine or like any barcodes, it's like but the things in your hand, like in the shop, <laughs> and it, all the things that these think these digital assistants, um, aside from voice assistants, are trying to do is it's just something you could do three times quicker by just typing it in. Yeah. Or just using your brain. Whereas with Google Glass for Enterprise, it sounds like giving, like you said, the developer options to companies mm. who have a specific thing they want to put towards this technology and the money to do it. It makes far more sense. Yeah, but the there, same, there's no but the same concept. Yeah, there's no yeah. such thing as a um, standardized sort of warehouse. They all have their own working no, practices. Exactly. But yeah. if you can try and optimize it by using a piece of technology like this, then people will be on board. Um, personally, I don't particularly see the relevance of it, and I also think that people will balk against um, looking ridiculous but well that might be the key thing is that the people that are going to be choosing to buy this and paying for it are not going to be the ones that wear it no so you can force people to wear it you say, well you, you can but... in my awful factory yeah you have to wear this embarrassing paraphernalia it's not all bad though surely it's got some upsides because I, mean, I remember the epson one um which has always been an enterprise play mm. and they were saying you know if you were um, onboarding people again this obviously the old conversation about oh you're taking away jobs but like mechanics or whatever people working in factories it's more like it's teaching you how to do things and it can identify certain parts of machinery so you know how to do it and it can teach you i did this thing where you can it teaches you how to spray a car yeah um to the correct um what's it called so you don't over Thick- paint thickness? a bit yeah i don't know i yeah i genuinely <laughs> think the the training aspect of this product is the most interesting use case until the military get hold of it that's what i'm scared yeah. about yeah um, they must already be using wearables. Oh, they'll be they'll be on wearables big time. Um, yeah, but they are saying that this could, if not save jobs from mechanisation, is it mechanisation? Automation. Automation. It could at least delay that process because it makes humans more efficient. Yeah. But then and again, the if it's, it's a classic Microsoft line of um, augmentation, not replacement. Um, so it's like 
making their jobs better rather than replacing them. Well, it might, unless it does the thinking for you. It depends. Like, so we're talking about the doctor thing. It does the busy argument. work for you. Yeah. But if it's if it's telling you where to go and you just become a pair of hands picking up a box from a warehouse, then you've, it's taken the one part of sentience out of your job. It's mm. reduced you to a component. Yeah. Um, I think in a broader sense, this is an interesting move from Google because they are actually making a bigger play on enterprise, um, like G Suite and stuff. They're they're really keen on um, promoting them as enterprise products, and then they. Uh, came out with a HR a piece of HR software um, this week as well called Google Hire, which is like a yep. recruiting tool where you can sort of put interview requests straight into Google Calendar. Yeah, they, they debuted like... that um, at Google I.O. Yeah. a few months ago. Yeah. And that's, is that live in the US now? Uh, live in the US now, yeah. yeah. Um, so they are definitely making a play on the enterprise market, which is interesting. Um, they should. I but, mean, yeah, Hire was very interesting. I mean, again, it's something that I was slightly sceptical about how it would work and actually work for yeah. everyone but the fact you can just google they use an example like um, starbucks jobs yeah and it knows where you are because you're using a phone and you can um on the whole google interface upload your cv apply to that certain job um if it works that's pretty mental yeah i'm skeptical as well but um it if it works it will it'll do well so yeah cool well we'll find out yeah <laughs> Hopefully, we're not all going to apply for a job anytime so soon. So, to, to sum up, Google, <laughs> to they, do, they do stuff good. <clears throat> they do do stuff pretty good, don't they? Um, they do have downsides, though. Like, what yeah. you're comparing it to HoloLens. Yeah. I know which of those two companies I'd be happier to give potential access to my location data and what I'm looking but at. But is that because of the failure of Microsoft Phone, like Windows Phone? If, you had, if everyone had a Windows Phone, would we think the same about how we do about Google? Because Android basically destroyed. Windows Phone. So the if Google, they were the monopoly on the phone, and you had to give all your data to Microsoft already, I just I have more trouble seeing Microsoft as a as a sort of advertising based company. I mean, their heritage is in enterprise, isn't it? So. Exactly. What I always used to think about was the idea of the eyeglasses or whatever they would be called if Apple did a wearable. Right. Is that of all the things that it would do, it would do eyeglasses wrong, doesn't work, does it? It doesn't quite. Um, <laughs> But but at least you cannot imagine a dystopian future in which they were allowing adverts to appear in your vision or selling the data of what you're looking at to advertisers because Apple doesn't do that. And you've got this sort of spectrum of companies of how much you would trust them with your data. And I think Google is is fairly near the bottom, to be honest, probably along with Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, That reminds me this week, um, HTC had a slight mare. They claim accidentally but in their stock keyboard on some of their high-end devices started displaying adverts. Mm. <laughs> Touchpad the keyboard on the HTC, I think 10. Well, they were clearly, they, well, it sounds to me like they were testing it in beta and then it went out and yeah, then they were like, really oh, it happened by accident, but it takes quite a few steps to yeah. Yeah. code into the, <laughs> the keyboard of your flagship device. Yeah. That was pretty bad. Uh, but thanks, uh, everyone, and David. David, uh, glass or arse? Um... I don't know, actually. Yeah, probably arse. Yeah? Probably arse. I wouldn't wear them myself. Scott? Arse. Chris? <laughs> uh, glass for business. <laughs> better than arse for business, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Google Farce. Oh, that was that's better. That's better than mine. <laughs> All right, wind it back. <laughs> yeah. As long as no one ever listens. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to listening back to the intro. No podcast. one's got to this point. No. <laughs> if you have, thanks for listening. Yeah, cheers, um, And we'll be back next week, episode 68. I might even practice my intro next time. But (laughs) thanks, everyone. Uh, See you next week. Cheers. Bye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. 
Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.